I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. Hey guys, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and we've got a lot to talk about today. I've not had a podcast in several weeks now, so this is long, long overdue. Uh, we've got a lot of recruiting talk to get to. Uh, today we're going to talk about the uh, Oklahoma State 2018 basketball recruiting class, uh, because Mike Boynton has been chugging some coffee. He has been closing like a champion. Uh, the 2018 class is in the books officially, uh, kind of unofficially, you could say. There's still one scholarship open, but uh, just this past week, Oklahoma State's landed two commitments in Isaac Likely and Maurice Kalu uh, to kind of put a unofficial bow on the class. Um, so we're going to talk about that with uh, Michael Doty, a repeat guest uh, from the Sports Animal. We appreciate him uh, joining on the podcast again today. Uh, we will get to that, and uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Dax Hill and Justice Hill drama, uh, Dax being the five-star prospect from Booker T. Washington, uh, who is uh, has Oklahoma State in his top six schools right now. He's in, is very much considering Oklahoma State, as well as Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, and Clemson. Uh, so he, he had some uh, interesting social media activity this uh, past weekend that we're going to talk about so a uh, whole lot of drama hope you guys uh, stay tuned and enjoy the show today um, so without further ado let's get to uh, Michael Doty all right everyone welcome back to the reload podcast my name is Kyle and uh, with me today Michael Doty from the sports animal joins us once again uh, Michael you have been on the podcast is this the third time fourth time yes this is uh, number three for me repeat so. customer I think Exactly, exactly. Talked a little it. football recruiting. Now we'll get to a little basketball. Yeah, today. man. There's There's been a lot that's happened. Um, it's been actually, I think, three weeks since I've had a podcast. So uh, since that time, Oklahoma State has filled up its 2018 basketball recruiting class. They've landed several commitments uh, for 2018. It, I believe they have one scholarship that is still open, and they plan on carrying that over just for the potential of a mid-year transfer um, or just maybe there's no other prospects that they think are, are worthy of that spot, but they're going to hold it. So uh, I guess let's start first with uh, the most recent commitment, Isaac Likely, um, who committed to Oklahoma State this, this past week, I believe it was on Friday, top 150 prospect uh, from Mansfield Timberview, a, a, a kid out of Texas. Uh, he committed to Oklahoma State over Texas Tech and UTEP. Um, so is, is this something we're celebrating, getting a recruiting win over UTEP? Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on this uh, likely kid? The likely kid probably, I would say probably the one of the biggest signings of the class just because they needed a point guard. He's a yeah. point guard, and he's got great size. He's 6'4", almost 6'5", and he's got a wingspan, I think, of like nearly 6'10". And that just that gets me pretty excited thinking yeah. about the uh, ability of them to be able to play defensively the way Boynton wants to with such a big bulldog type point guard and likely. So yeah. I don't know if he he reminds me a little bit of Marcus Smart's game wise because he plays defense, he rebounds, Definitely. 
he'd drive to the basket, but he's not really a great shooter. Yeah. And um, so it just kind of reminds me watching some of his highlights. Like they kind of would post him up in high school, much like uh, Marcus Smart did in high school, yeah. in college, and now with Boston. But uh, no, I think this is um, a pretty good pickup, especially you miss on Courtney Ramey. Um, he ends up going to Texas, which that kind of hurts because obviously in, con- uh, uh, in conference. But then you're able to get I mean, basically it looked like it was Texas. He was going to Texas Tech. He right. takes a visit uh, to Oklahoma State. All of a sudden, flips to, to OSU. So you're uh, you were kind of thinking it's going to be Mike Cunningham, who is the USC um, Upstate grad transfer right. point guard. And now you've got some more options with Michael Weathers there at some combo guard. They're going to be really big. Um, at point guard and you know shooting guard that uh, I, I kind of like the defensive ability that they're going to have and likely who will probably back up uh, Cunningham um, this season but you go you throw him in there and it's not like you have Brandon Averett who's 5'10 uh, and, and it kind of struggles to score the basketball right yeah that's that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me too is just the fact that um, I think you you were the one that texted me when when he committed. It's just like my gosh, this guy, this class is just so long and so athletic, and and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I mean, the kid's six foot four. That's a that's a really nice pickup for Oklahoma State, especially at this uh, juncture in the in the recruiting cycle. I mean, he was committed to Fresno State for a while. Uh, ended up backing out of that commitment, and um, and he was kind of a late riser on the recruiting trail. Ended up. Uh, becoming just outside of a four-star prospect, so he's a three-star. But top one, top one hundred and fifty prospect is is definitely worthy of some uh, of some praise. And he's the highest-rated player to commit to Oklahoma State in this cycle. Um, and I think that's that's obviously worth noting because that's a huge deal, especially uh, at this point. It definitely helps soften the blow of of Courtney Ramey, like you mentioned, the four-star uh, point guard out of St. Louis. Originally. Um, you know, I I think he was he was committed to Louisville for a long time. Ended up backing off and uh, reassessing his options. Texas had recruited him for a really really long time, and Oklahoma State was obviously in the mix until the end there. Um, so I think this was a a really good contingency plan. Likely, it's not a you know maybe the type of score that um, that Ramey could have been, but. If you're talking about um, just overall talent and potential based off what Oklahoma State's wanting to deploy on offense and defense, I think he really fits Mike Boynton's scheme. What do you what do you think about um, maybe his impact for for next season? I mean, is, is he going to be like kind of the third option uh, behind maybe Michael Weathers and and Cunningham, or is he going to be like uh, maybe a backup behind Weathers, and then him and him and Cunningham split. Or what? What do you think his uh, maybe ceiling as a freshman will be? Because Cunningham is going to be a grad transfer, so he only has one year, um, which means likely could be in the shadows for one year, or or even a, a potentially a backup, I guess. Well, one thing, yeah, that's really hard to pinpoint because I think he's yeah. got some things where you could throw him in and he can contribute wide, right away like especially defensively because that's one thing that Boynton loves is, is guys to be able to get out and defend really especially when you pick up at half court and be able to athletically just he's going to be able to bully guys being able to use his length is uh, he's not like a, a real speedster but he's very smooth in the way he moves so I'm just thinking 
if he's able to get the size advantage defensively, depending on what Mike Cunningham does, who's he's a just you know six foot, and depending you know like OSU got pretty lucky with Kendall Smith last season that he yeah. really turned it on. But for grad transfers, you just never really know exactly how they're going to handle. I mean, he went from you know Cunningham. I think USC Upstate in South Carolina. I didn't know it was a place, and they won <laughs> what seven games last year. So like we're not uh, we're not sure what you're going to get out of this type of kid. So uh, likely, I know fits what Boynton wants to do: be able to play defensively. He's going to rebound. He's going to play hard. So I, he's going to get a chance. And one thing Boynton did really well was uh, distribute minutes properly towards the end of the year he didn't get to just because he wasn't getting enough out of you know Brandon Averett and you know guys like that but he still was able to find pockets to get him and find him uh success um while running the backup so I think he's going to get minutes and if he can you know play defense the right way run the offense then he can probably get more and more because he's a guy that's going to be able to run the floor defend um and then I love his size. I just can't, you know, the, the size intrigues me a lot. Kind of like running backs. Like if they've got size but they can run, I'm like all in. So yeah, like definitely. Hubbard is a guy that I've been <laughs> all over for like three years now. Yeah. Like likely the guys like just like I'm like, I want to see this guy in an OSU uniform and see what he's able to do. So I think he's going to get an opportunity. And, uh, you know, and he might be really nice paired next to uh, a guy like Weathers who – Weathers is a slasher, a guy who can score and kind of create for others. So yeah, if he's definitely. able to not, likely he's not a guy that's able to be a huge part of the offense. He's still somebody who can pass the basketball and, and um, maybe set up Weathers rather than Weathers kind of set everybody else up, which it looked like was going to happen until Isaac decides to sign. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's a that's a pretty good assessment. I really like the, the late addition for Oklahoma State and obviously that – um, unofficially puts a cap on their 2018 class. Um, I want to go backwards in time. We're kind of going reverse order here. Just before likely committed, um, Oklahoma State picked up another commitment from Maurice Kalou, um, and he committed you know less than 24 hours before likely announced his decision. He's a six foot eight forward, uh, played at Huntington Prep um, in high school. Actually played at. Oak Hill Academy before then, six foot eight. Uh, he committed on the website and was really cool. Um, I was talking to him about like you know why he committed to OSU, just kind of the general cliche questions that you ask recruits. Um, you know, and, and obviously he he points to his relationship with Mike Boynton and uh, the relationship he got with some of the players while he was on visit. But to me, I mean, when he was talking to me, he said that him committing to OSU was him visualizing OSU winning a national title. Um, Michael, are they winning a national title? What's going on here? <laughs> I'm so fired well, up. Well, I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> I think both of us would, would love that, but I think there's still some, some work to do. Yeah. But uh, you definitely like him being fired up about what Coach Boyd and what's going on in Stillwater, even though they missed the NCAA tournament you know, this past spring, but I think just from being on campus, he could maybe pick up. There's some real momentum building, but behind what this basketball program can do. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure they're uh, national championship 
uh, bound, but I do think that they are a team that's putting together pieces that can make some some runs in the future here in the in the NCAA tournament. And and he's a very interesting prospect from watching uh, some of his some of his highlights but what was it like getting to to talk to him where his what what was some of the things you took away just from his presence well I I think that was probably the biggest thing was just that um you know he 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 talked a little bit about his goals uh to play in the NBA he thought that his relationship with Mike Boynton and Boynton's track record of being able to develop players um was really enticing to him you know he he obviously wants to be able to uh, someday cash checks in the league and that's what he said Boynton wants him to be able to do is uh, develop at Oklahoma State develop into a an NBA level forward and uh, play at the next level and I think that's what's probably most stood out to me I mean you look at recruiting services he's actually listed as a power forward um, but at six foot eight he's really got pretty good ball handling skills and if you look at kind of his highlight tape and and what he's done in high school um, he's kind of like a, a shooting guard in a power forward body, which I think is probably most intriguing to me. Um, he's probably a project, I would say. I don't know if he's going to play big minutes as a freshman. Um, just a three-star prospect, according to you know 247 Sports and Rivals and, and all those recruiting sites. But um, I like, the, I like the, the prospect of him, and I think that um, I think that he's a really good addition in that I think he's going to be good long term. I don't think he's going to be one and done, obviously, um, and he's got a lot of potential. So I think that's probably what stood out to me the most. Um, looking at the class overall, the 2018 class, they don't really have any guys that are going to be flashing the pans. I mean, you look at uh, kind of what Travis Ford did when he was at Oklahoma State. I kind of felt like Travis Ford tried to win the national championship every year, um, just recruiting mm-hmm. a class and putting kind of a, a hodgepodge roster together. Um, but what Boynton has done, I think, has, is is really intriguing to me. I don't know if it's going to be successful. We'll see. But um, the players that he's bringing in, I think, are all really intriguing prospects. You look at Duncan DeMuth and your A&E, uh Isaac Likely, uh, Contravius Jones. All these players, I, I don't know how, how much they'll play next year. Um, but long term, I, th- I think it's it's really in, um, I think it has to be a little bit encouraging if you're an Oklahoma State fan that Boynton's not trying to rush the process. We're trying to pr- trust the process uh, as Oklahoma State fans. So, what are your impressions overall of this class? I mean, what do you how do you think that um, that this will turn out long term and in the short term? Well, I like the class. It's not like a, a class that is going to go out and. Uh, start from day one or anything like that most of these guys will contribute in in probably small ways um but they i think they're guys that will continue to build off of the foundation that was laid this really reminds me of the class that you know you brought in with um, cam mcgriff lindy waters uh thomas dissolve guys that have that are still on campus now um, that really were guys that just you could plug them in and you can trust them to, to play 10 to 15 minutes a night and give some starters you know a little bit of a breather, and there's not a big drop-off. Guys that are going to stick around for three to five years, depending on if they redshirt or not, but guys that um, I don't think are going to come in and say, hey, I want uh, my points here. You know, They're going to buy into the team concept that uh, last year I think really, one, it built – throughout the season to where 
these guys really bought into what Boynton's trying to get done. And I think that's going to continue with, with, with these guys. These are guys that were kind of overlooked by some schools and they're going to come in, they're going to work hard. And um, I think that's big in building a, a team, building what for the future and everything like that. Because another thing that was impressive was the fact that he had to put this all last uh, together last minute. We right. didn't know me and Kubasima was going to leave. You didn't know Tavares Shine was going to leave. Uh, you didn't know Brandon Averett was, was leaving. And all of a sudden, the end of the season hits, a couple of weeks go by, and these guys are like, hey, we're going to leave, especially the Ian Kubasima one, who is going to be your starting center. And all of a sudden, you got five scholarships to fill um, instead of just two or three. Right. So for him to be able to kind of put this together um, in the way that it was, was big, especially for the, for this being his first true recruiting class, which that's always going to be tough at a new job, especially in Boynton's case where he's new to the job, new to the area. He's never been a head coach before. He doesn't have just a ton of recruiting uh, ties that he can go to um, around here. So he just kind of put the piece this together. So um, I think that this is a great way to build um, uh, a team going forward. But I'm starting to, you know, you look towards 2019, 2020, and those are the years that you would really like to cash in on some big uh, recruits. And, you know, he's already off to a really good start in 2019 with the Boone Twins yep. over in Tulsa. So um, I think this, you know, this is a, a deal where you've got guys that are going to be around a long time that are going to contribute. They each add something to where if they had to play right now, like I'm thinking like your Annie, I, I believe that's a, like he can yeah. come in and he's going to be able to block some shots and just pres- you know, have a presence inside. Definitely. Yeah. I um, think so. You look at likely he's going to have one. The only one I'm not sure that would be able to play right away is Contravious Jones because he's just such a big guy and he probably needs to, to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. But, I mean, I can see Duncan Demuth come in and be a guy that, uh, they run out of the some sets out of the pinch post like they did with, um, Mitchell Solomon. Cause he's a good ball handler. Uh, is it Kalu, the guy, uh, Maurice Kalu? I, yeah, yeah, Maurice Kalu. I, I want to say it's Kalu, but it's yeah. Kalu. But um, he's a guy that he can put the ball on the floor and create for others and himself, and there's always room for that uh, on this type of, uh, of roster. So I think I can see guys, but um, maybe not as starters, but just really be able to uh, contribute. And that's what's impressive to me is that he's put together um, this group that's going to be able to contribute but not necessarily have to start. And I, and I don't know if they need uh, outside of center. I mean, you, you got um, Mike Cunningham, who I'm not necessarily attributing to this class because right. he's a grad transfer. It's just kind of weird, but you needed a grad transfer at point guard. Uh, you got Weathers, Lindy Waters, Kim McGriff. Now the only hole in this entire team right now is at center. Yeah, I think and so. And I'm not sure – you know, is your Annie I ready to take that role? Because I'm pretty sure you and I both have absolutely no confidence in Lucas Casson to be able to uh, play, you know, huge minutes at, at center for this team. Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest question mark. Um, obviously, looking forward to 2018 is uh, who's going to play the majority of the minutes. And I, I think that uh, Lucas Casson has been a serviceable in a pinch big man for Oklahoma State during his uh, career in Stillwater. But, you know, once Big 12 play hits, he hasn't really been able to stay on the floor. He's not super agile. 
Um, he's not a very good offensive player right now. He's still developing. He's not strong at all. Yeah, and so th- I think there's that's probably the biggest question mark um, moving forward for 2018, and I think that's why this class is really intriguing to me. Someone is going to have to play some big minutes. It's either going to be your ADI yeah. or uh, Contravius Jones, and your ADI is six foot nine, two hundred five. Uh, pretty good rim protector, not necessarily a versatile offensive weapon. Um, and then same with Contravius Jones. He's he's probably a little more developed offensively, I would say, six foot ten. Yeah. But he's he's like two hundred eighty five pounds. Um, and I don't know if um, that's going to restrict his mobility, and if it does, um, it's probably going to restrict his minutes too, which means if he's not in tip-top shape, uh, he may only be playing 8 to 10 minutes per game, and your ANI may be playing 15 minutes. So uh, we're, we're really going to learn a lot about this uh, coaching staff and how they piece together that specific position. We'll probably see a lot of small ball. Uh, give me Cam McGriff at the five in small ball lineups. I think this is going to be a really guard-heavy lineup, which is going to be really fascinating to watch. I, I think that this class is uh, plenty talented, and um, you know it's one of those things where I don't think anyone's mentioning this, but uh, Mike Boynton put this class together, I know it was less than a year ago with the FBI investigation that, that came down. Yeah. Uh, that exactly. that's a pretty big cloud to have to try and recruit around and for him to, exactly. you know, I, I know a lot of people aren't going to say that this is, uh, a top 25 class. I mean, it's ranked 52nd at, uh, 247 sports, but all, th- all told, uh, taking in consideration that he lost his associate head coach, um, who he called his co-coach who was fired because of the FBI investigation. Um, I, I think this is a pretty good class and I think you've got to be pretty pleased overall with the with the results of this class um let's go through uh maybe some superlatives real fast i want to go through and get your thoughts on on some of these prospects um first i want to i want to go through the height of these players that are coming in because you mentioned that these players are so long and athletic uh likely six foot four point guard your anti six foot nine He's a power forward. Duncan Demuth is a small forward, power forward, kind of like Kalu. He's six foot eight, two fifteen from Florida. Maurice Kalu, uh, small forward, power forward, six foot eight, two ten. Contravius Jones, six foot ten, two eighty five, and then Mike Cunningham's about six foot. He's a point guard, the grad transfer. So um, overall, really like the class. I, th- I think that this is going to be a solid class. Uh, down the line so i'm really looking forward to see how these uh signees contribute especially for next year i think that's going to be the storyline to watch yeah. is who pl- who plays at center um some yeah, superlatives I, I agree with you there's uh it's definitely going to be a lot of small ball yeah which i think benefits osu uh, it, rebounding might be another chore uh yeah. especially without solomon but if they're able to, you know, play kind of like West Virginia, where they just pick you up full court, they run, you know, they give you sorts of, you know, different traps at half court. They've got the athleticism, even with uh, Maurice Kalu or, or Duncan Demuth, where you can kind of throw those guys in, and it doesn't matter what position you can play. You're just like, hey, just switch everything because athletically, this team is long enough and athletic enough to do it with. Um, uh, and you got Curtis Jones, uh, Michael Weathers. All these guys are really good size. So um, we obviously know that uh, Lindy Waters and 
uh, Cam McGriff can do that. So if you're able to get just something like that from these guys, that could put this team in a really, really nice spot, even without a, a center. If they're able to play defense that way where they're just hounding you for, you know, three-quarter, quarter, you know, like just get after you, then that could really be a huge benefit to, to this specific team in this specific uh, recruiting class. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And you mentioned, obviously, re- uh, rebounding. Uh, for a majority of last season, Jeffrey Carroll was actually OSU's leading rebounder. It turned out uh, mm-hmm. Mitch Solomon ended up leading the team. Jeff- Jeffrey Carroll was second on the team. So I think that um, that kind of probably paves the way for Cam McGriff to step in and maybe be OSU's key rebounder. This team is going to be centered around probably Cam McGriff and Michael Weathers, in my opinion. I think they're going to have a, a pretty dynamic one-two punch on offense. Um, I really, I'm really fascinated and intrigued because both those guys are fairly unproven. Um, you know, McGriff kind of stepped into his own role last year. Michael Weathers was really good at Miami, Ohio, but he's not done it at the, at this level, obviously in the the big 12. So I think that that's probably something to, to watch, uh, by all indications though, he has, he has really impressed during his transfer year and, could be in for a breakout, which I'm I'm really fired up to to watch next year. Um, Michael, let's go through some some superlatives, and we will uh, we will get you out of here. Uh, player that you are most fired up to watch from this recruiting class for next year would be. Oh, it's uh, it's it, it's likely, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I say I'm I'm just intrigued by his size. Uh, his wingspan, his athletic ability, just the way, like, you'd watch his highlights and there was defensive highlights in there and going through all these guys, that's not always the case. Like, he's the guy that'll play defense um, and the way that, you know, Boynton, if he can get him to slap the floor, get the, you know, yes. GIA going up, that's like in my high, my, my head watching him. It's like, oh, he's going to, you know, make uh, Boynton slap the floor every <laughs> game. I want to watch that. Uh, maybe my favorite thing Boynton does, but uh, he's probably uh, the one I'm most uh, excited for uh, coming in. But um, I will say the two that signed early and Duncan Demuth and your Annie, I guys that um, were better when I watched them than I thought. So I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to be used. Cause I think that they have stuff that they could play uh, right now in a, in a, in a limited role. So those three are the ones that I'm like, really kind of like, likely I've, I've got highlighted bold face, everything. Yeah, definitely. The other two I'm pretty intrigued by. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm right there with you. A uh, player that is the most underrated of this recruiting class is. I'm going to say, how about Duncan Demuth? Like he's a guy that I like it. I love ver- versatility, and just from watching him, he was able to pass the ball, uh, drive. He was able to um, create for himself, get out in the open floor defensively, run the floor, and he's kind of a guy that he's long, he's wiry, but he had a good feel for the game. He, yeah. he, those types of things really kind of impressed me. He was able to get the ball where it needed to go. There wasn't a whole lot of wasted you know, movement. So I think that uh, in the way that OSU wants to play, I think he's a guy that I don't know what he just he intrigues me. Uh, maybe it's also that 
Iowa State offered him and were pretty active recruiting him, <laughs> yeah. and I really like what Iowa State has done. So uh, that kind of has given me more confidence in it. Uh, he's pretty skinny. He's uh, skinny. He's just about two fifteen, but uh, he's a guy that I think has some energy. You kind of throw him in there, and he'd um, be able to, to to do some things, some little things, much like what McGriff was able to do um, his freshman year. You just kind of throw him in there and said, "Hey, anything you do, uh, just you know." It ended up being a little bit of a positive, but they weren't able to overwhelm him with with minutes or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm there with you too. I like I like that pick. I'm actually gonna go Maurice Kalu, uh, this the small forward from Huntington Prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had nine scholarship offers, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Oklahoma State actually uh, beat out Illinois and Brad Underwood in that recruitment, which I thought was kind of uh, that might be my favorite part. Yeah, that was a, that was a really cool like <laughs> off season like little development that not a lot of people talked about. But uh, for a long time there, he was actually trending towards Illinois and Brad Underwood. Uh, took a visit late in the process and ended up committing. And uh, when I talked to him, it was you know you ask him why he commit and and he explains you know that he wants to win a national title and all this stuff. But uh, bottom line to him was he doesn't feel like anyone is on the roster that has the same game that he has. And I think he's pretty confident in what he has. Uh, He's the lowest rated prospect on OSU's 2018 recruiting class uh, commitment list. And I think he's got some pretty high upside. He's a really good scorer, good ball handler, um, not a high flyer per se, but just does a lot of things really well. I think if uh, he commits himself to developing himself on the defensive end of the floor – he could probably play some pretty big minutes as a freshman. So I'm I'm kind of like, I don't want to say I'm all in on Kalu, but mm-hmm. uh, if someone's going to be like a solid contributor for several years, I think Kalu is maybe that guy in this class that uh, is maybe just kind of like the steady Eddie, the guy who, who plays a lot of minutes and is, is kind of a glue guy, glue guy for Oklahoma State. So I really like him. Um, and I feel like he's, his offensive game might be the most complete out of anybody coming in as a freshman yeah that has that has to translate in some way you would think um yeah uh, th- again this it's kind of goes back to like what i'm most intrigued about is i have no idea who's gonna play right away i mean you look at some of the other classes before like marcus smart back in the day you're like okay well he's he's gonna right. play some big minutes um but it's really hard to kind of project what the roster is going to look like next year and who's going to play the most minutes because there's so much turnover on this roster. Um, I, I think it, it's part of what makes this offseason kind of really fascinating is there's going to be pretty much a whole new team rolling out next year, and I, I don't know what to expect, but I'm kind of intrigued and fascinated. No, yeah, you're you're completely right. Now that, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch how Boynton puts this this group together and how they play together because there's a, there's a lot of guys on here, especially Kalu and, and Demuth, that really I like what they as glue guys, guys that you can throw in, and the stuff that they did in high school can translate into college and and, and little uh, spurts here and there, and maybe develop into to even more, especially with that issue they have at center where it's like, well, you know, these guys do have size; they're probably more of like a small forward but they can play that stretch four even though that's what cam mcgriff is but if you're going to play small have a bunch of guys out there that can shoot the basketball from outside which both can do 
Kalu can definitely do that. He can, you know, he's more comfortable shooting threes. But both all the you would basically almost have five guys out there who can put the ball on the floor and do a little bit of something for themselves and for other people, right. which is completely opposite of what they could do last year. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, I like what the roster has uh, is kind of headed in a, a really interesting direction, and uh, this class is definitely a big part of that. Uh, who's who has the biggest upside on this uh, 2018 recruiting class? Who has the maybe like pro potential or someone who could be like a borderline college star out of this class? Oh man, um, I'm going to go back with Isaac Likely because yeah. because of his size and his ability to where if he has a smaller guy on him, he's going to be able to score over the top of him. He has the athletic ability to, to get to the rim. He was a very uh, he's not somebody that's going to be a high flyer and just dunk over people, but he's got such wingspans where you can't really block his shot, and he has soft touch around the rim. So if he's able to be able to get to the rim consistently and then develop a little bit of a shot and then be as active as I think he can defensively, I don't know if he's got pro potential, but he's got the ability by the time I bet you know four years goes by, and he's going to be somebody that uh, a lot of people, you know, Big 12-wise, he's going to be up there for some, some awards, you know, first team, second team, all Big 12 type stuff. So uh, he's the one that, for those reasons, just his athletic ability and his length, his ability to finish over people and defend, I think out of this class, he will probably end up being one of the better players. And it's a point guard position. It's kind of like a quarterback. It's like, oh, we'll just give it to the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think he's got that ability. Yeah, I'm the, I'm there with you. I'm I'm all on board on the likely train. Hey, this kid, this kid's six foot four, and uh, you just said he's not going to dunk on anyone. I saw Brandon Averett throw down a post rising dunk, and Averett <laughs> is five foot eleven. I I fully expect 11. that is still maybe the craziest thing we uh, as many crazy things as we saw last season. Yeah. That was <laughs> the most mind boggling one because they were wearing the teal jerseys. Two. It looks like he just nonchalantly did it. Yeah, no, and it everybody would be like was me in dunking. such shock. <laughs> yes, it was. That is something Brandon Abrett may be gone, but that will live on forever. Yeah, so that's that's what I expect from Likely. I expect only posterizing dunks from him at Oklahoma <laughs> State. Um, I'm irrationally excited about what he can do, and uh, so yeah, that's that's also my pick. Uh, I want to ask you one last question, and uh, and we'll let you go. Dax Hill and uh, and Justice Hill were playing with Oklahoma State's uh, fans' hearts on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yes, they were. So Justice Hill sends out a tweet, and he says, uh, I think he says Dax to Stilly with a hashtag. And it was with a little, uh, you know, I think it was probably like some sort of maybe joking around. They want to play a prank or uh, maybe it's serious. I don't know. But Dax Hill actually responds to his brother with the googly eye emojis, uh, a la Lincoln Riley, what he does when, well, when yeah, he's I alluding that to a commitment. For, I didn't think, uh, I didn't think oh, you, anybody outside of Norman could use that. Well, I think I he, that's what the yeah, case was. I think there was a copyright thing at the bottom too, so he may have he may have had to pay a fine. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, but and that's a big deal. I mean, like Dax Hill's a five star prospect from Booker T. Washington. Uh, the exact tweet that Justice Hill said was, "Uh oh, hashtag Dax Distilly with googly eye emojis." Um, and, and since that time, uh, there's been 
over 1,000 interactions on Twitter. Dax Hill, his little googly eye response, had two, 211 retweets and 1,000 likes uh, with 70 people weighing in on it. Um, what, what do we make of this? Is this just like, were they just bored on Mother's Day? Just like, hey, you know, it would be funny if we just like made some tweets up and got people riled up. Or is this like, should we read into this? I'm, I'm conflicted. Like the fan inside of me wants to be like, it's a done deal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's, uh, <laughs> the, but the rational part of me is like, I don't, I've been around, um, I'm jaded because I, you know, I worked, uh, I covered the, the Thunder and I was there for the whole Kevin Durant yeah, big deal. And, you know, him just, uh, it looked like he was going to sign with the Thunder. He ends up not. Um, and just so like anytime stuff like this, I'm most like, yeah, it doesn't matter until, you know, he takes his visits. Cause recently he said he was going to take a bunch of visits, but, um, the Hill brothers are very smart. I've not talked to Dax, but, you know, being able to interview and be around Justice Hill, he's very aware of what's going on. Yeah. Like, he doesn't say anything. It's very calculated. And I feel like that is kind of Dax's personality as well. They're, you know, they're raised by the, you know, uh, the same thing. You just hear great things about them and their family. And so, like, I feel like, that well, they wouldn't do something that would just lead on Oklahoma State fans, especially with Justice being, you know, the the star of the the team right now. Right. So I want to look into it. It's like that. It can't mean anything bad, but it doesn't mean just for sure he's coming. Because I I want to say I also saw like a couple months ago where he was at school and one of his friends or whatever took like a video and he was wearing like an OSU hoodie. Dax was. Yeah. And like that got out and I'm looking at that. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised he was even seen wearing any school's um, hoodie, you know, on campus um, just because he is such a huge recruit. So there's been a couple things like that where I'm like, maybe uh, justice is doing a little more recruiting behind the scenes that he's let on. And this might be his. All right, uh, this might be his one one chance to really get uh, OSU fans kind of behind in some sort of momentum going forward. But I don't know. That might be me being hopeful. But I'll, I'll tell you this: that my heart like skipped a beat when <laughs> I'm I'm seeing all this. I'm like, oh, what is what is happening? Something something's happening. This is huge because he would be the biggest recruit since Bobby Reed back yeah. in what, 20, uh, 2003. Yep. The biggest under Gundy by far. He could be a complete game changer from the moment he signed, you know, he would commit, you know, because the recruiting class could just take off. There's so many things that I'm thinking about, but I'm just like, no, breathe. He's, right. <laughs> I think he's, um, he's not close, but, uh, what about you? Like when you're seeing this, what is, what is going through your head? Well, I was much less optimistic than you were. I mean, I, I saw it and I was like, ha, huh, that's funny. And then I'm like, oh man, this is probably like, this is actually going to be a thing on Twitter. Like people are actually going to make a big deal about yeah. this. Um, and then he obviously does the googly eye response and I'm like, Oh man, okay. This is like actually a thing. Um, I don't read into it at all. Like I actually think that yeah. justice is probably like, Hey, you know, what would be really funny. Like, you know, mom and dad are sleeping cause they ate too much food on mother's day. Let's like send out a tweet and see what happens, you know? Um, because we, right. we actually wrote a story about it on the website and Dax responded on Monday today. Yes, he did. And, and he did like, <laughs> he, he, he mentioned his brother, like, you know, haha, like check it out. They wrote a whole story about it. It's like, 
I kind of feel like we're kind of all in on the joke, um, but it's like an inside yeah. joke, and they're all laughing at us. So, <laughs> I don't... oh, that's probably that's probably exactly what's yeah. happening. I'm, we're reading into it uh, way too much, but yeah. that that seems more likely. But um, it definitely has risen my hopes uh, for you know the next week. You know, once I come back down off of this, I'll probably be like, yeah, that <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. But yeah. in the moment, it feels good. I yeah, can, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, two four seven sports currently projects Dax Hill to be uh, leaning heavily towards Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, now, two four seven sports has been wrong before. Isaac likely was a hundred percent favorite to commit to Texas Tech before he committed to Oklahoma State this past week. So, take it for what it's worth. But um, yeah, that would that would. That would really be something if uh, he committed to Oklahoma State, and it would also also be something if he committed to OU for vastly different reasons. Um, there, oh, yeah. there may be riot in the streets in Stillwater if if that were to happen. I I literally can't imagine how that would how that would go down. I I wonder if we were to poll the OSU Twitter fan base, what they would like more: Dexville to sign. With Oklahoma State, or for him to not sign with OU, like if he wasn't going to go to oh, OSU, that's a good one. Like yeah. which one? Which one would fans want more? Because I'm just sitting there thinking, is like I really, really want Nextel, but I really, really don't want to see him in uh, in Norman, especially with the re- type of recruiting that Lincoln did yeah. this past uh, and what what is going on right now. Um, so I'm like, I don't want to see him be a part of that. Don't don't want that at all. That's a good poll question. We may have to we we may have to deploy that poll question on our website this week. Uh, I'd be fascinated I, to see I, the results too. I would be too. fascinated. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see what not just the voting but the comments because I'm sure that fans would just be like, Why are you even asking us? <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? To us? <laughs> that I I'm intrigued. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there in our Slack and see what happens. Uh, Michael, I'm going to get you out of here and uh, appreciate you doing another podcast and during another session with me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of recruiting stuff. I feel like we're up to speed now on uh, the latest and greatest on the basketball recruiting trail. So appreciate your insight, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again down the road, my man. All right. Thanks for having me again. Okay. Appreciate it. We'll get you later. <laughs>